Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It is going well. Um, so I thought we should maybe do like a podcast today. I don't really have any ideas, but mm. I guess we can just figure it out. I guess, yeah. I don't know. But you know what? It's got to be the best podcast ever. So let's not start on it until we know exactly how to start it. Perfect idea. So. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Hacking the Grepson, uh, episode number after the last one. 15. Yeah, 15. Wow. 50, we, this, we're starting on our 15th one. How do you our, feel about that? That's our quinceanera. It, <laughs> yes. All right. Where's the pinata? I think we need to break something, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a... I don't know. Can I break? I should probably not break anything. In Please this don't break anything in this okay. room. <laughs> um, so if it seems like we're stalling, uh, that's actually thematic this time. Uh, we decided we would talk about writer's block. Yes. on this episode. Writer's block specifically when it comes to writing code or needing right. to write code. How, how writer's block that people would normally be familiar with from like an actual like writing prose or poetry or whatever. Right, right. How that, what that looks like when writing code. Yeah. And, and, and when I think about it, it's like, okay, I need to write some code. Like I have a task or a problem I need to solve. And for whatever reason, we may get into those reasons, I just can't write the code right uh so matt when that happens to you what, what's going through your head it's usually one of like two things mm -hmm. right either i am as you alluded to at the beginning trying to make it perfect mm. and so i don't even want to start until i know what perfect looks like yeah and in in the case of code what that often is is i'm trying to find the way of making the code the most elegant or pretty or, you know, use the right set of patterns. And so I don't even want to start until I know every every T I might have to cross and every I I might have to dot, so to and speak. And lowercase j's. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, now, but when you say you want to write elegant, perfect code, I mean, especially for someone who's just starting to code, like, what does that even mean? Um, I think... What people mean when they say elegant code, and certainly what I mean by it, is that it's not clunky. You know, sometimes you look at a piece of code and mm -hmm. you're like, why did you do it this way? Mm -hmm. um, or it, it's got a lot of repetition of, of code, you know, they're doing the same thing over and over again, mm -hmm. or it's just, you know, it's, it's not using, say, object-oriented principles correctly. It's mm -hmm. just like, I threw something in a class just because. It's mm -hmm. not organized well frequently mm -hmm. like that's the inelegant code elegant code to me is um and listen to our next uh episode for commenting on this it's it falls into like the self-documenting stuff it's so easy to look at that it's just like oh of course of course mm -hmm. this is the way often when i'm trying to solve a problem i will know that i got it right when i have that light bulb moment and go ah yes and it feels right mm -hmm. like this is the way the code should exist so that's really putting uh, code into the art over the science bucket because for sure, yeah. Because obviously, like, if you have a task to say, like, print out the numbers one to a hundred on the screen, just you know, for, for example, like, there are many different ways you could do that. Some more efficient than others, and you know, the the you know it's right when you feel it's right really feels like the, Oh, I've, 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 I've mastered the art of coding as opposed to, yeah, you know, I just said, 
you know, print one, print two, print three. I, I did the task, yeah. but it wasn't elegant. Right. And I think some of that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think some of that also plays in with the not over-engineering your solution, but mm-hmm. not under-engineering the solution, right? So, mm-hmm. like, to take your, your one to a hundred solution, I could copy-paste I could use Excel to generate a uh, hundred lines of, of printf statements if I'm doing C, uh, and, and then copy paste that into my in, into a text file and then run that, and that would work. Yeah, that is not extensible. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, and it's ugly. It's if you need to change something about the way that it's doing it. Mm-hmm. If instead you decided I want to do every other number, that's suddenly very it's it's a pain to do, right? But it would work, right? Right. Um, and and so, like, what you would stumble on as being the right solution there is probably a for loop. But you could also write a class that had, uh, like, an iterator pattern on it. And whenever mm-hmm. you visited it, it would increment a number and then give it back and print that out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's probably over-engineering a solution. Right. Right. I mean, really, I mean, I think another thing we're getting at is kind of the scalability. Yeah. Is that if this is a programming challenge... Uh, say, you know, doing like the... Um, advent of code. The advent of code. And the, 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 you know, task one, easy one, was print out the numbers 1 to 100. There's really no reason to make a whole class and a function right. and testing. Really, you could just write print F1. And you're likely not to come back. You're likely not going to have to come back to that problem. Right. So who cares what it looks like? Right. And, and, and so it could be ugly, but it doesn't matter. So you probably wouldn't get writer's block over something like that. So what's... Like what's what's a what's a time when you were given a task where you needed to do something but you just couldn't get yourself to do it and why and is it the um, <clears throat> the, the 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 maze generator uh, pro- pro- project that we've talked about recently that you haven't done yet? Yeah, uh, that's a good example of one. Uh, <laughs> that that is literally sitting on the screen right now uh, behind right the finder there. window, it's right, right there, people. It's um, just ready to go into production soon. I. I came up with an idea for what I wanted to do. Ideas are fun. I are exciting. Sort of put together what that would look like. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is how this would work. This is how you would click on it. And like how, what the interface would be like and how it would respond and all those other things. And then I had to write the code and it wasn't an interesting problem to solve. Mm-hmm. And so I just... I. I have not been able to motivate myself to do the rest. And that's sort of the other side of writer's block to me. Motivation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's so there's sort of the, I uh, don't know, or, or I, I can't settle on the mechanism to make it happen. Right. That's one route to writer's block. The other one is motivation. And honestly, like, I almost feel like motivation is, it's at least 50, 50, if not 51, 49, because you know, you've been at your job, you're a programmer, you've been given a task, uh, like, you know, your boss says, you know, print out one to 100. You're like, really again, you know? So one, so, so you, you might have writer's block in that you don't even want to do that because you cannot find the motivation. Right. But then you think of, oh, well, I could do this in a more interesting and efficient and elegant way. And that's a way to break out of the writer's block by taking a boring task and turning it into an interesting task. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you can take your boring rote task and make it interesting through automation or whatever, mm-hmm. um, like I, I like code that writes code. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always found code generation as uh, to be an interesting problem. Um, so I, 
will often go to that approach mm-hmm. as a way of overcoming exactly that problem. Like, okay, I, I'm lazy and I accept this <laughs> and I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. I'll get bored and I won't do it well and mm-hmm. it'll take me a long time. I'd rather spend more time doing it in a way that that is an interesting problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's not a good answer, though, because the taking more time will take too much more time. And so there's always there's the pragmatic balance that has to happen there. Right. That's the over-engineering you were yes. talking about. It's Sometimes it's more fun to think about how you're going to do something than it is to do the thing. Right. So yeah. with the maze thing, mm-hmm. uh, maze dull. Um, the marvelous Miss Maisdell. Mm, um, great show, <laughs> Mrs. Maisdell. Uh, I have a more complicated solution in mind mm-hmm. for how I could do things, where it's it's more of a procedurally generated approach to it, mm-hmm. which is way more complicated, uh, but way more interesting to me. Yeah. Or I could just do it mm-hmm. and write the code. Yeah. Um, but that's not interesting to me. And mm-hmm. since there's no one other than you pressuring me about this at all, <clears throat> yeah, uh, <laughs> like it just sits by the wayside. And you know, at work, I have, I, I have a job. Someone is expecting things. There's people waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, I I would like to continue to have a job and get paid so I can afford to feed my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I guess. Uh, you know, so there's some motivation there. Right. But. Yeah, you gotta find the balance. What What about you? What does What does writer's block look like for you? Um, so honestly, even before I get to the writer's block, uh, one of my main issues is I really have that artist mentality of loving the initial ideas of things, but the follow through is yeah. harder. Yeah. Which is very similar to what we've just been saying. Like, so I'll have so many ideas, and I'll want to start a bunch of different ideas. Like when I'm working on um, when I'm working on an album of music. I will add additional songs to the album just because I get bored working on one song for too long. That makes sense to me. Yeah, so I'll I'll make a, a huge album just so I can like go back and forth between different ideas and kind of rejigger my brain in different ways because if I just stare at one thing for too long. So I, I guess that would be the, the kernel of the issue here is is I, I need that variety uh, to keep me motivated to keep doing the thing, which is why when we were doing the advent of the advent of code and it started getting more difficult, I didn't always make it through every day, but having like a backlog of days to kind of go back and forth and like, okay, so this one, I was trying to do this mechanism and eh, I'm at a roadblock. I'll go to this other one, you know? So yeah. having multiple tasks is helpful to get around writer's block so that you're not, you don't feel constrained to one particular task that you find onerous or difficult or uninspiring um yeah i think that is i don't know if it's unique to but i think that is uh symptomatic of like adhd in particular and the neurodivergent brain finding out here yeah um because that is a very common thing is like Mm -hmm. you want you, you need to keep yourself interested to keep that that dopamine flowing in your brain so you don't fall into an executive dysfunction mm-hmm. pattern right i do that all the time at work i intentionally make sure i have multiple things to work on so that if mm-hmm. i get bored with one of them i can move over onto something else mm-hmm. and still be productive yeah without uh and not just like go on tiktok for the rest of the day or something that you would never do i would work. never do no that. no um uh well then this is why so we use jira 
So basically every day I have a, a, a tab open to my tasks and we have like high, medium, backlog. And there's, there's something almost um, comforting about just having this list of things that I can, like a menu that I can choose from, you know, yeah. which is weird because I'm actually generally completely different when I go to a restaurant. I often just find like one or two things that I like. And, and order it every order. time. Yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. But tasks at work, it's, you know, I, I wouldn't want to just have like one task that I have to get through before I can go on to the next one because then if I don't like that task or I can't do it, now I'm stuck on that one and I can never go beyond it. Do you find when you have multiple tasks to do that you have trouble finishing a task? <sighs> yes. I do. I, I have that problem as well. Because again, I like to... I like to have the ideas. Yes. If you if you were to go into the notes app on my phone, you'd see tons and tons of ideas about <laughs> books and games and and other things that I might want to yeah. like create. Yeah. Um, I've done nothing with any of those. Yeah. Right. I like the idea part. Once I have started something, it's easy for me to keep working on it until it gets to the point where I got to wrap it up because mm -hmm. then you get back into the boring part of like, you know edge conditions and mm, and testing and, and testing. documentation yeah. and we should talk about documentation in a future episode i think that's, that's a good idea. idea okay um yeah no i'm totally with you on that in that it's i i love having like this ability to just generate ideas but i think most people would find you know especially anybody who's like run a business or something is that there's so much boring rote stuff that you have to do to get something done and for sure and it's not always interesting, you know? Yeah. And, and that's often why, if you get big enough, you hire those things out to other people. Yeah. So that you don't have to do them. Well, I think uh, when we talked about, uh, I don't remember if it was the Software 101 or like interviews or something. I don't remember which one of those uh, episodes that it was on. But we talked about how different types of people and different types of roles on a software team. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's exactly where that comes in. I know people who don't want to solve interesting problems what would be interesting to me right. they just want to go in put their heads down work their way through like this is the thing that i have to do i'm going to write print one next line print two they like working that way it's mm -hmm. comforting to them or whatever and you need people like that mm -hmm. i am not one of those people i can do that for brief periods of time and then i get so bored that i won't do it anymore yeah um which is not good for anybody so yeah you, you have to have the either an outsourcing team that you can throw things off on junior engineers that you can that you can view it as a teaching exercise or um build character or just the type of engineer who's more in the like code monkey yeah or just just thing. give me the things to do and i'll do yeah. them uh yeah no i i i i agree on that pretty much 100 percent. i think we're very similar in that way um i i'm i'm thinking about like like projects at work that i'm working on like I think just like when I'm working on my own stuff, having the multiple tasks is very helpful. When 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 I do need to bear down on something, that's when music is very helpful. If I get like a, like a playlist of songs that are like upbeat and going, that really helps me like bore down on something that's otherwise rote and boring and repetitive. Mm. Um, like, you know, if I have to update a bunch of, you know, I don't know, like content pages on a website. You know, I'm not working on the programming that produces them, but I'm just putting content. But it's got to be done because we can't think of a way to program it, uh, to automate it. Uh, yeah, putting some music on, getting the headphones in, getting some time where it's just focus. That helps me break yeah. through that kind of stuff. I, ju I just thought of a good example of of sort of that like rote type of operation that I've had to do in 
in my life as a software engineer, mm-hmm. um, which is we had at one of my first jobs, I think my first job out of college, uh, we had at the top of every single source code file, there was a block of code that included like copyright information and everything mm-hmm. else. Every year, we had to go through and update the date for the copyright. Mm-hmm. And several times that fell on me to do mm-hmm. because I wasn't going to ask anyone else on my team to do. I was the lead of my team and I I couldn't bear to make someone waste their time doing that. So I would just do it. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I would put on music and just like it was so mindless that I could just go through it. Yeah. What I ended up doing was actually after I had to do it like the second time, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, and I, I, I found a way to automate it. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, and then, yeah, how is that that year not a, a variable somehow? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and then that became much less of a problem, right? Right. But I spent way more time writing the automation than I did. But if they're still using that, you know, 20 years later, then it clearly saved time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think in general, we've kind of covered... So writer's block, just to kind of go over this again, is sort of... Uh, you use that fancy term, uh, executive dysfunction. Yeah. Where you just cannot actually follow through on doing yeah. the thing. And there's multiple ways to get there that can either be uh, your, your the you know perfect being the enemy of good. Yep. Like you cannot even start because until you have the perfect plan, you won't start. The motivation or lack of incentive, I think, is another good term that, especially when you're working on personal stuff, yep. it's very hard to keep the mojo going when you just have yourself imposed. I got to do it because... Oh, but there's that cool thing on TV or that I want to go take a walk, you know, but whereas if you're at work, you have that, that incentive to keep your job. And so you, you'll break through those times when you can't seem to either want to do it or figure out a way to do it. But just to to sum up this up in, in the end though, like if you know you need to do something and you just can't get yourself to do it and you don't have music and you don't have the job to push you forward. How do you get yourself to do it? That's a very good question. Uh, the, the short answer is I don't. <laughs> okay. So um, you but, just don't. But if, if I absolutely have to, um, and like I know it needs to get done. And I, I will keep reminding you and, and it will get annoying remember. eventually. What I do is usually one of two things. I will either reframe the problem so that it's an interesting problem to solve. Right. I'm not going to do it in the rote, boring way, I'm mm-hmm. going to find a way of generating the code to do it or mm-hmm. similar, right? That's that's my usual go-to okay. and frequently where I will get stuck if I can't come up with a good answer to that. Uh, the other way and what works for most people and has worked for me in the past is just break the problem down into smaller and smaller pieces until it becomes so trivial that you can... Basically, you can have that menu of items to like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to write that function mm-hmm. and you just do it. And then you get that little dopamine hit from having accomplished a task mm-hmm. and then maybe you'll be motivated to do another thing. I like that a lot. I think that's, that's a great way to approach not just writer's block, but just if you're starting out programming and you don't know how to start, like find the most trivial, smallest block of productivity you can do. Like, how do I print hello world to the screen you know yep if you have a huge task that you can't seem to do break it down until you get it as close to print hello world because that's so trivial there's no way you can't do it and eventually if you do that enough you've done the task exactly okay all right well 
Uh, it's, it's amazing, despite the fact that I had no idea how to do this particular episode. We, we came up with something. We pushed through, Matt. We did it. You know why? Because we started. That's right. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> and uh, I think that wraps up this episode of Hacking the Grebson. Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, hey, I think we have like a website, you know, like hackingthegrebson.com. You can see all our other episodes that we've done now that we've got 15 of them, you know, maybe you've. We have a backlog that you can listen to now. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. I'm, 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 or your enemies. I, yeah, just get ears listening to our stuff. It's the <laughs> only thing that matters. Um, and otherwise, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we now return you to your regular scheduled lives. Already in progress. <laughs>